Hey, this is Joey Rumble. I'm the pastor of Summerbrook Church in Somerville, South Carolina, and this is our podcast. I hope the message you listen to today speaks to your heart and helps you connect with Jesus and grow in Him. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the message. Merry Christmas. Go ahead and pull out your message notes that are in your info guide. When Jenny and I were dating as teenagers, well, actually, at the time we were broken up, we were on a youth retreat, and a student retreat, and we were in the hotel lobby with a bunch of us teenagers playing spoons. And so we were, uh, we, Jenny and I ended up being in the finals. It was me against her. Who's going to win the, the golden spoon and win the, the match? And, and so I, I had the right card, so I went to grab the spoon, and then Jenny grabbed the spoon, and it was this big-time tug-of-war match. Why well, pull hard? She keeps pulling back. And eventually it ends up where she's on the glass table in the hotel lobby, and it shatters everywhere. Yes. Yes, we shattered the hotel, uh, la- hotel lobby glass table. Spoiler alert, we got back together. <laughs> but you know, uh, all of us have broke something in our lives. We've all at times, maybe it's a, a glass table in a hotel lobby or uh, something else in your life that you've messed up, you've broken. Maybe it's a result of sin where you've made a choice that you have deep regrets and there was brokenness there. But, but the truth is, all of us have broken, all of us are broken. Matter of fact, the, the popular nursery rhyme that we all know, uh, Humpty Dumpty, Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall, Humpty Dumpty had a great fall, all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Guess what? We are all Humpty Dumpty. We're all broken. Matter of fact, Scripture says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Here's the good news of Christmas. Jesus Christ, they, they send the angels when Jesus was born to declare to the angels, normal, everyday people, that the Christ child had arrived. That's what Christmas is all about. Everyday people like me and you, that God cares about all of us for the future of all mankind. So that's the great news that we are all broken and we need a savior. So we're in a series, uh, the arrival, focused on uh, different parts of uh, God's character of the arrival in our hearts. So go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 15, or you can follow along with us, where Jesus arrives to everyday people to change our lives. And in Romans chapter um, 15, verse 12, it shares. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles hope that Jesus was, the Messiah was promised to come through the line of David, and Jesse is David's father. So Jesus comes through this line. It was prophesied 700 plus years before through Isaiah. And then uh, Apostle Paul continues on in verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. So in this uh, arrival series, we've looked at several uh, character traits of God to be in our lives. And so we're, we're going to look at them really quickly here today. Hope and peace and joy and faith and love. In Hebrews, let's look at hope. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19 and 20, Scripture says, We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. 
a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf. He's gone before us. And that, so hope biblically is an expectation of certainty. This is not a hope that may happen. This is a hope, a biblical hope of a certainty. And this hope does not disappoint us because Jesus has gone before us to be the sacrifice for our sins. This hope is described as an anchor in our lives. As a matter of fact, that passage says, an anchor of our soul. So let me ask you a question. All of us today, where are you anchored? Are you anchored in your status? Are you anchored in your bank account? Are you anchored in your appearance? Are you anchored or are you anchored in Jesus Christ? He is the anchor for our soul. He's the one that has the answer for hope of all people of all mankind. Let's make sure that each one of us is anchored in Jesus Christ. Let's look at peace. Isaiah Isaiah prophesied 700 years before about peace that the Messiah would bring. In Isaiah 9, verse 6, it says, For us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. This word in the Hebrew here is uh, is shalom. That peace means taking what is broken and restoring it to wholeness. I want to ask you a question. What is broken in your life? All of us have brokenness. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We're all Humpty Dumpty. We've all, we're all broken. But here's the good news. That Jesus, the Messiah prophesied, he is the prince of peace. He is the essence of peace itself and that he is here to bring wholeness to our broken hearts so there can be peace in the darkness and any challenges that you are facing what do you believe in God for this Christmas a restored relationship a breakthrough in an area I personally as we look nothing is impossible with God I believe God is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine because he says so. And here's something also we tend to forget sometimes. This broken point can actually, in our lives can actually be an opportunity to depend on God more. Where we are weak, Scripture says, he is strong. I've seen those areas of my life where I'm so weak and I have to depend on God more. Man, God moves through so many of those situations. And so I encourage you as you're thinking, man, there's no way... God can restore this situation. When you depend on God, what it causes you to do, it causes you to think of thoughts that you haven't thought before. God uses situations that look like dead ends to provide breakthrough or another path that he's going to lead you to take that honors him. Because you and I were created to be in relationship with God where he is your purpose to worship him first and foremost. So as we continue to look at this, in the Christmas story, the angels share with the shepherds in Luke 2, 14. Let's read there in our our Bibles. Luke chapter 2, verse 14. As the angels are speaking to the shepherds, glory to God in the highest, 
and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. As uh, Jeanette and Linda had shared this passage of scripture, we please, and what, what, what's going on here? That, uh, that God's peace is among those whom he's pleased. So what pleases God? What pleases him? A surrendered heart. One that is completely surrendered to God. So, so let's look at that. Let's look at faith of a surrendered heart in God that Mary displays that Tanner at the beginning of the service read this passage. And so let, let's turn there together in Luke chapter, uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 35. And the angel answered her, as we're looking at faith now, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And so Aunt Mary now responds to the angel Gabriel. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be, according, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. We need to respond like Mary responded to the angel Gabriel here. She responds with a heart of surrender and obedience. Let's continue on with the Christmas story. And now the angel, we're going to look at the angel appearing to Joseph in a dream. It, the, the angel is uh, not named. I believe it's Gabriel as well, but we don't know for sure. And let's look at in um, Matthew chapter 1 verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Joseph, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. Mary said, let it be to me as you have said to the angel. Mary and Joseph's faith moved them to obedience. A question for all of us. Does our faith move us to obedience? We need to make sure that as we're studying the Christmas story, that our faith in Jesus Christ, just like Mary, just like Joseph, we're, we live with a surrendered heart. We live with a faith that moves us to obedience. And here's such, beauty, such a beauty. When your faith moves you to obedience, one of the amazing things is this. Faith provides you a front row seat to God using you. I've just, this whole year, baptism after baptism after baptism of people's lives being changed weekly and monthly. I mean, it's just been awesome to watch 
a front row seat of how God has used you in our church to impact other people's lives, to give their hearts to the Lord and responding with obedience, faithful obedience to the Lord. God is, it's been beautiful as your pastor to watch God move mightily and God using you in a front row seat for his glory. Think about this as well about a front row seat. Emmanuel means God with us. Matthew 1.23 shares Emmanuel, God with us. Let's never take for granted that Christmas is all about giving us a front row seat with him, God with us. Isn't that awesome to think about? I, I, I just, it's just amazing to, that, that Emmanuel, God with us, that we have a front row seat to be with God. Now let's move on to joy. The Christmas story is full of joy. I mean, it's amazing. So Mary, uh, with, ch- with baby Jesus in her womb, goes to visit Elizabeth, who John the Baptist is in her womb. And as she's visiting uh, Elizabeth, and Elizabeth is Mary's cousin, uh, Luke 1.44 shares this. For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for, what did it leap for? I mean, it's awesome in the Christmas story. The angels visit the shepherds to tell them the good news about the birth of Jesus. Luke 2.10, fear not, for I bring you good news of great, of great, that will be for all the people. The Christmas story is full of joy. Uh, Psalm 16.11, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of, in God's presence, there is fullness, abundance, of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. We uh, uh, outside we have joy that big white joy sign as you drive in today, and our, our team leads took a picture with the joy sign here, and uh, we, we're, we're we're experiencing some joy, right? Yeah, yeah, and so that's on our Facebook page, and uh, I encourage you. Uh, as we move into the new year, I believe God's given us a, a word for the new year, and it's multiply. As I was reading and having time with the Lord in 2 Peter chapter 1-2 and 1 Peter 1-2, it was all about our knowledge of God multiplying. It was all about not only our knowledge of God, but overflowing with hope and peace and strength in the joy. So go ahead. We're going to be doing a multiply, looking at especially moving to maximum capacity abundantly in these character traits of the Lord. And when, what happens when you're overflowing like that? You impact families. You impact communities. You impact cities. When your joy is multiplied, when, when your hope is multiplied, overflowing, it begins to do what? Acts 6, where it says the disciples were multiplied. And so I encourage you, one of your biggest responses to the message today is jump in in the new year in 2024. Don't, hey, don't just be taking up a chair in the church. Hey, we thank God you're here. We, we praise God for that. But we, God has more for you than that. He's got movement. He's got, he wants you to multiply. He doesn't want you to be just someone that, that just does your own thing, but you're giving over to God and his works and that you're doing it for his glory. Amen. So in the new year, I I encourage you to really uh, jump on in this new series. Start next week. We're going to be back into journeying through the whole Bible. And so we'll be back into 1st and 2nd Samuel and 1st and 2nd Kings as we're journeying through all the scripture. And we're zero focusing laser beam on multiply in these passages of 1st, 2nd Samuel, 1st, 2nd Kings. You don't want to miss it. At the same time, that starts this 
next Sunday at 9, 30 and 11, two family services. Then in July, June, uh, July, it's a J, it's a J. <laughs> January 7th through the, through the 27th, we're going to be through um, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And, and this is life changing. I'm convinced that you want to you want to multiply your life. You want to take make some movement in your life. Jump in uh, Monday through uh, Friday at six a.m. We we don't we pray. We seek the Lord. We fast together. Then on Saturday at eight a.m. If you're getting the kids ready for school or whatever, man, put that iPad, put that laptop, whatever on your your uh, kitchen table, your kitchen counter, and man, join with us in prayer online. We'll be live streaming it. I believe those who connect with Jesus and sit at His feet. Their lives are multiplied. They reach their full potential. And so in the new year, uh, we also have a, a Bible reading plan as you leave today. We're reading through all of the Bible together as a church. Man, jump in. Get in the Word. Man, let's make 2024 the best year we've ever had in the Lord. So we're looking at joy. God wants our joy to be overflowing, multiplied. My wife few years back, good many years back now, she was at a Christmas party and they had a white elephant game. And so during the white elephant game, she got the gift of these three blocks, joy. So she received joy and she loved this gift. And so she was like, yes, I got this gift in the white elephant. And so as it continues on, a few ladies later, Someone stole my wife's joy. How dare her? Smug lady, she steals my wife's joy. But little did she know, at the end of the line, no one knew that my daughter Mary had the last number. So what did my daughter Mary do when she, at the, her last one? She, she took back that joy from that lady and gave it to her mama. All of us need to be like Mary there. We need to be taking that joy back and giving it to our family, to our mamas. To, you know, but here's the thing. Scripture shares that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That means he comes to steal your joy. He comes to steal your hope. He comes to steal your faith. Don't let him. Let's take it back. Let's protect that thing. And not only that, as you protect it, you take it back. Then it overflows to your family. It overflows to your small group here at church. It overflows to your work environment. Man, in 2024, let's make sure that we, we do not allow our joy to be stolen. So I have a question for you. How is your joy level? Is it full or is it way low? It is not God's plan for your joy level to be low. But all of us, yeah, my, yeah, I'm with you. Well, it's not God's plan for it to be empty either. So um, as you're walking with the Lord, sometimes that's going to happen. You're going to get a little dry. Come back to Jesus. Come back to where your joy level flows to abundantly. Let's look at love. The angel's talking to Joseph in a dream in Matthew 1, where I shared, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which means God with us. Church, remember, God is giving us a front row seat to be with him, God with us. Listen to this about Christmas. God suffered with us, for us. He feels our pain, our disappointment, our hopes and dreams. 
So no matter what you're going through, God is with you as you've placed your faith in him. Luke 2.4 shares about Joseph and, and, and Mary as they went up from Galilee from the town of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came forth for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. What is this? It is the arrival of love, the perfect love, the Messiah. Now think about this. God had spoken through the prophet Micah 700 plus years before that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. Micah was a prophet who declared judgment on Israel's sins and told him to repent. But he also prophesied forgiveness that would come through the shepherd king. So Micah 5.2 shares that. What do we learn from this? That God keeps his promises. God is orchestrating his plan in the Christmas story for all people. This means that God is orchestrating his plan in your life too. He keeps his promises to you. You can trust him. God is not a genie in a bottle, but he went to great lengths to have your sins paid for so you could be with him. Think about it. 700 years before, a census at just the right time, Jesus would be born for all of us, for all of humanity, past, present, and future. And God has a unique plan for you as well. That means from the cradle to the cross, from Bethlehem to Calvary, God keeps his promises to all of humanity. And that God sent his son to restore us to wholeness, to bring us back from our brokenness into a whole relationship with Jesus. Now, is that not some good news? Amen? Wow, that is the story of Christmas. So, all the king's horses and all the king's men could not put Humpty Dumpty back together again. And remember, we're all what? Humpty Dumpty. But God could put them back together again. And God is the answer for all of humanity. That means he's the answer for you. And so how do we respond in this Christmas season with the word from God? If you want to make headway, you need a? I want to remind you of these questions as we reflect together. Where are you anchored? Where are you anchored? Your pride? I'm doing it my way. No one else can tell me what to do. Anger, lust, greed, selfish ambition, fear of failure. Where are you anchored? Or are you anchored in Jesus Christ? Number two, what's broken in your life? What's broken? For Jenny and I, it was a hotel lobby glass table, but many other things as well. There's been many a times we've had to work on our marriage to repair some gaps and some brokenness. There's been plenty of times in our, our walk with God, there's a lot of stuff been broken that we needed to restore. What's broken in your life? Really reflect on that, and I believe that's one of those responses that we need to acknowledge it to the Lord and then say, God, show me in your word how to recover from this. Does your, number three, does your faith move you to obedience? Does your faith move you to obedience? And how, number four, how is your joy level? Let's make sure that we don't let the devil steal our joy. Or for that matter, hope, our faith, our peace, 
our love. Let's not let the devil do it. Let's make sure we build a hedge of protection around because God intended, John 10, 10, for us to have life and have it to the full. See, Romans 3, 23 shares that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Now, I want you to do something right now. Don't think of anyone else that this message is for but your seat, all right? Don't be thinking, well, so-and-so needs to hear that. And they, may, they need to as well, but you need to hear this. You hear the Lord this morning speaking directly to you, not someone left and right of you, in your seat. And I want you to know, God created Adam and Eve perfect. It was all created perfect, no sin. And then what happened? Adam and Eve blew it. Go figure, right? Humanity fell. So there became a brokenness between our relationship with God. Everyone has been declared sinful by God because of the, of the sin of Adam and Eve. So now there is a broken relationship between us and God. What, what heals that broken relationship? The cross. That's what restores us to wholeness is the cross. And so that's how you give your heart to the Lord and get saved is you respond to Jesus by faith in grace, Romans 3, 23, 24, that we receive it by, by faith in the grace of what Jesus has done. Now here's the thing though. As you're, you're saved, you also, you're still saved, but you let all kinds of clutter get in there. I know I do. And you gotta constantly be repentant. You got to constantly be saying, whoa, 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 my joy level's empty right now. What are the steps you need me to do? And so we're going to move into a time of receiving communion. And scripture shares to not receive it in an unworthy manner. What makes you worthy to receive communion is your faith in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is the only one that pays the, the penalty for your sins. And so as you, as you, I'm going to lead you in a prayer of repentance which will make you worthy to receive communion. If you're already a Christ follower, you're made worthy to receive communion. But in that moment, I believe this is a great opportunity. The scripture says to examine ourselves. This is a great opportunity to repent of pride, of anger, of selfishness, of always wanting it our way, and I, on and on and on. All, uh, list of sins. You, but what are those go-to areas of sin you turn to that you need to repent to the Lord? And, and let's get honest with the Lord there. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer of uh, confession, and then we'll receive communion together. So if you would, bow your heads with me. And we're going to pray out loud. And this is a time to really make things right with the Lord. Lord Jesus, I confess I'm a sinner. I'm broken. I need a Savior. Jesus, I confess with my mouth that you're Lord in charge of my life. And I believe in my heart that you were raised from the dead. Come into my life and make me the person you want me to be. Lord, what's out of order in my life right now? Show me, and I repent in Jesus' name. I receive your forgiveness of sins. 
Thank you for eternal life with you. In Jesus' name, amen.